Manic Afterthoughts, Marriage and Love. I listened to the audio. Thanks so much for sharing that. It made me laugh and also cry as you reminded me of all we've been through. I could picture and physically feel meeting you that first night in my apartment in Chicago, and also the night I asked you to marry me. Such incredible memories that I will never forget. You were honest in how you presented our relationship, but the good and the challenging parts. We've both grown so much in the last 23 years. We've known each other for almost 25 years. I'm so incredibly grateful to have met you and to still have you in my life. These words were written in a text I received from the husband after I sent him chapter 8 of Manic, Marriage and Love. Love is a complicated word to understand when we try to impose what we think we should do when we think or know or think we know that we are in love or who another person should be or who we should be upon falling into it. I don't recall when or in what context the husband first told me he loved me, but I remember the moments I felt it. From this point forward, I'm going to call the husband Mike, because that is his name, and he is okay with me disclosing this truth in any way. You could easily figure it out on the internet these days. We had a long-distance relationship for the first year after meeting on New Year's Eve in 2001. A five-hour drive seemed like a world apart some days because he was busy building his career in Chicago, and I was going to school at the University of Minnesota while simultaneously working full-time at an advertising agency in Minneapolis. Often, I sat at a desk for work with my email up, and he sat at a desk, too, with his email up. Y2K had passed, and the world didn't end, so we were able to explore our connection to one another through an electronic exchange that went on for several months before seeing each other again in person. Our virtual love letters disclosed how we felt about each other that night we met at his apartment in Chicago, his impressions of me and mine of him. I admitted that I loved that he stood six foot six and that his eyes were electric blue with a teardrop shape that moved me to trust him automatically. He told me I was pretty and fun and that I made him want to spend time with me because it passed so quickly, like the saying that the clock flies when you're having a great time. Before I met him, I was convicted in a vision for my life that would swear off a committed relationship until I was at least 30 years old. I stated out loud to my friends that I had a plan, often very different than theirs, to be independent in my 20s, with an apartment of my own. I said I didn't need a man, but looking back, he was exactly what I needed, and I was exactly what he needed. Before I met him, I had never experienced Valentine's Day in a way that brings you flowers. In fact, I swore it off as silly, likely a way to defend myself from being disappointed. The first time I ever received flowers was from him. The flower delivery person stood at the glass doors in front of my desk, ringing the bell in a request to enter. Being there, I intercepted a lot of deliveries, including floral arrangements that were never meant for me. The arrangement was tall like Mike was, covering the delivery person's torso up to his forehead. The colors were white, deep purple, and hues of green and blue like his watercolor eyes. It smelled like daffodils and lilacs and tulips to me, even though there were none there. A reminder of something beginning, a time of year when the dirty snow in Minneapolis was replaced by thick blades of green grass and those tiny little edible yellow flowers called buttercups that would pop up from the dirt. For Stephanie Fee, 
the delivery person said through the garden of my first acceptance of an expression of admiration for me that went beyond a physical touch or words that never aligned with actions. After that, intermittently, he would surprise me with more beautiful bouquets and thoughtful reminders of the depth in which he considered me. Further into our long-distance relationship, I laid in bed, 23 years old, after a tonsillectomy. Getting your tonsils out at five years old, most kids are running around playing within a few days. Having them taken out as an adult, the recovery is brutal. I couldn't talk, which was like a prison sentence for me, especially at 23 when I hadn't found any solace in being alone. My mom came into the bedroom where I was resting in complete agony after having an adverse reaction to the Valium prescribed as a post-surgical painkiller. She was curiously carrying a package over to me that had arrived in the mail. It was from Mike. I opened it and discovered a book called American Skin by Don DeGrazia, an author from Chicago, because he knew I loved to read nonfiction books about people coming of age and things like that. There were copies of magazines and indie publications I loved. The Onion, to make me laugh. And the Chicago Reader, so I could learn more about where he was living. He knows that I am smart, I thought. And that was the first time I had ever received this type of recognition of my intellectual power. It was the first time I had proof that a man listened to me. It was the first time I knew that a man saw straight through to who I am. It was the start of the kind of love that whether you are together or apart, you know that if one of you is on your deathbed, the other one will arrive by your side. You can call on one another at any time, no strings or conditions, and certainly not on the premise of getting back together. Heartbroken and selfless, Mike compassionately released me from our marriage 15 years later so I could discover the years that I felt I had needed back when we met. I loved him, but I needed to learn how to love myself out of the constructs of marriage. The situation was complicated but our love was simple. Love sets you free and it helps you pack up the boxes of things that you separate from his, even though it's the last thing he wants. It brings you home, even if it's not with him, because it understands that it's not about him, even though he wishes it were, in a way that means you would stay. Love picks up the phone 25 years later and reminds you, that in all of life's disappointments, you have been so lucky to feel what it's like to be known like that.